This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 3-1 pitch, swing and a drive. Deep to right field, way up there, way out of here. Goodbye baseball. Eight strikeout for the King tonight and make it... 23 consecutive scoreless innings for Phoenix. Strike three called on the outside corner, and there it is. It's time for the Seattle Mariners baseball podcast. Kyle Seager, that just happened. Thank you very much. Now, here's your host, Gary Hill. And welcome to the Seattle Mariners baseball podcast. Gary Hill here. Thanks for being here once again. And what a weekend it was in Cincinnati. The Mariners sweep aside the Cincinnati Reds. They continue to just play great baseball. Mariners return home starting tonight, the first of eight games. Eight-game homestand coming up. The Mariners trying to take advantage of the schedule, playing the A's, the Twins, and also the Padres in this eight-game homestand. So we'll talk about that a little bit. We'll preview the matchup tonight for the Mariners as they get going again at home. We'll talk about the weekend, some highlights over the weekend from the sweep. Bullpen banter is back. It is a Monday after all. Also, we'll hear from Leonis Martin, who had a sensational weekend just lived on base against the Reds. He's been on a real tear. So we'll hear from him coming up. Brian Price, the Reds manager, he's going to reminisce about some of his favorite memories in a Mariners uniform. He was in the organization for a long time and, of course, the pitching coach for some great years with the M's. So we'll hear from Brian Price. The week that was coming up as well, and what a fantastic week it was for the Mariners. M's now 26-17. and 17. They've won four games in a row, nine of their last 11 series. They have the best road record in baseball, 18-7 and seven on the road. Unbelievable. Winners of four in a row. That's the second longest winning streak in the American League behind the Yankees, who have won five in a row. The Mariners in first place in the West by a game and a half over Texas at 26-17. and 17. The third best record in the American League by percentage points. Baltimore 26 and 16, Boston 27 and 17, and the Mariners 26 and 17. So, just a great stretch of baseball. A tremendous road trip. Five and one on the trip as they sweep the Reds and take two of three from Baltimore. Tremendous. And on Friday, Dan Straley on the hill for the Reds, and he pitched very well for Cincinnati. Gave him. Some quality innings, a very good start. But the M's, they were trailing, but they came back against the Reds' bullpen. Pitch. Swinging a shot into right field. It drops in there for a base hit. Marte scores. Seth Smith getting waved in. Smith scores standing. First to third. Cano stands up now 90 feet from home. On the second pitch of the at-bat, Deho Lee off the bench. Drops one into right field, and the Mariners have taken a 5-3 to three lead. They've scored four runs in the top of the seventh inning. 
Yeah, he had a really nice series. He would add a home run in the ninth inning as well, and so would Nelson Cruz, who hit a bomb. The 0-1 pitch. Swung on, well hit ball deep to left field. Holy smokes, goodbye baseball, upper deck straight away left field. Nelson Cruz with his ninth home run of the season in the rain here in Cincinnati. What a shot by Cruz, and the Mariners now lead the Reds by a score of 7-3. to three. Lee would add a home run in the ninth inning. Mariners win 8-3, to three, game one of the series, as they batter the Reds' bullpen. At that point, they had pushed the Reds' bullpen ERA to 6-7-6 on the season, and that's the worst since 1951 for a bullpen unit. And the Mariners did their damage against the Reds' bullpen. So they take game one of the series. Game two of the series featured a couple more long balls. Leonis Martin, who was just fantastic, he dialed distance. Next pitch, swung on, well hit ball. Down the right field line, and this one is gone. Goodbye, baseball. There's number eight. Holy smokes, Leonis Martin with a rocket down the right field line. And the Mariners lead Cincinnati one to nothing here in the top half of the second. How about that? That would give the Mariners the lead. Franklin Gutierrez would come up later in the game and land the big blow, and this thing was demolished. Here's the stretch and the 2-0 pitch. Swing and a well-hit ball deep to left field. Going and going, and this one is upper deck way out of here. Goodbye, baseball. Holy smokes, about 15 rows into the upper deck in left field here at Great American Ballpark. Franklin Gutierrez with a moonshot, a three-run home run. And the Mariners now lead the Reds 4-0. Goody's second home run of the year is a tape measure home run here at Great American Ballpark. Wow. Yeah, absolutely destroyed. 473 feet, according to StatCast, the second longest home run of the season. Giancarlo Stanton has the longest, and it was just a couple of feet longer than that, 475 feet. So, Franklin Gutierrez, 473 feet. Coming up in the week that was, listen for that highlight, and you'll hear him talk about his home run after. It's great because he talks about uh, only two times in his career he's had that feeling where he has felt nothing off the bat, just pure. So that comes up in the week that was. Felix was nasty, pitched six scoreless against the Cincinnati Reds, had a couple of a nice battles with Joey Votto when he got into trouble, and he and the bullpen connect to blank the Cincinnati Reds in game two of the series. And the one nothing pitch, here she comes. Breaking ball, swing and a fly ball, deep left center field. Gutierrez on the run, reaches out, and he makes the catch by the warning track. And that is the ball game. The Mariners shut out the Cincinnati Reds this afternoon. They win it 4 to nothing. Game three of the series, the Mariners had only allowed 10 first-inning runs coming into game three of the series on the season. That is the fewest in baseball. But Cincinnati gets to Wade Miley for three runs in the first inning. But just like on Friday, the Mariners storm back. They played a couple of runs in the third inning. And then in the fifth, able to take over and take the lead against Cincinnati. 
The stretch and the pitch. It seems swinging a line drive base hit in a left field. Cruz will score. Seager rounding third being waved in. The throw to the plate by Duval and Seager slides. He is out at home. Adam Duval with a one hop strike into catcher. Ramon Cabrera down with a tag. Cruz will score. Mariners have the lead five to four. Thrown out at home, but doesn't matter. It's the Mariners took the lead and they would keep the lead and win game three of the series and sweep aside the Reds. The stretch and the pitch. Swing and a fly ball into right field. Nelson Cruz backing up. He's there and makes the catch. The ball game is over. The Mariners win it 5-4 to four here in Cincinnati, and they sweep aside the Reds in the three-game series, and they finish out the road trip with a record of 5-1. and one. So impressive. Leonis Martin was huge in this series, in this game, on this road trip. There's a bunt attempt on the first base side right toward the second baseman charging behind the back flip by Phillips and he throws it on by Joey Votto. Martin heading for second. The throw to second by Votto. Not in time. Leonis Martin with a bunt single and air by Brandon Phillips as he charged the ball in that triangle there in the right side of the infield. What a bunt by Leonis Martin. A behind the back flip by Phillips but it was wide of Votto. And Martin winds up on its second base. Holy smokes. Leonis Martin with his fourth hit of the afternoon in that leadoff spot. What a day for Leonis. Not only a day, what a series. He goes seven for nine in the series with four walks. He was on base constantly. You look at his past 17 games now. He's hitting 345 with four home runs and also eight walks. In his last 17 games, he's on base all the time and on base percentage over 400 in his last 17 games. He has been on a very nice roll and, of course, playing fantastic center field. But he has been fantastic for the Mariners. Here's what he had to say after the ball game. You know, it was, it was a great road three. You know, the first thing I saw my team is keep fire every single game, keep fire every single game, you know. And it's a long game and everything happened, you know, the... The best thing I saw, um, we 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 play like a, like a team. We play together. We play. We do a small team. We do we do the we bring the court where they run when we need it. That's amazing. What gives you the confidence to bring in the run and not try and do too much? You look up and down this lineup, and everybody is playing their game. The well, I, I'm looking for you know try to do my job in my in my game. You know, try to get on base, create rallying, create situation, you know, uh, use my speed. That's all about. Now, I love this. You've been at the bottom of the order and we see home runs. You're in the leadoff spot today and you drop two bunts. You know, like I say, it's part of my game, you know. I got I to gotta take whatever they give me, you know. Try to get on base, create rallying, score runs. You know, that's a little thing. It's part of my game. You know, I hope to keep, do, keep doing. Fantastic stuff there from Leonos Martin, who is... Just tremendous in this series against the Cincinnati Reds. So the Mariners apply the sweep against Cincinnati. Now it's time to take on Oakland starting tonight, 7-10 first pitch. Taiwan Walker on the hill, 2-3, 2-9-5 ERA against curveball specialist, the lefty Rich Hill, who's been very good this year, 6-3, 2-5-4 ERA. Then on Tuesday, 7-10, Nathan Carnes against Kendall Graveman. 
on Wednesday, Hisashi Wakuma. Originally, it was going to be Sonny Gray, but Sonny Gray has gone on the DL. So that's a big loss for Oakland. He has struggled in his last few starts, an ERA of 6-1-9. So he will not be pitching in this series. So the Mariners and the A's, they kick off things tonight. The A's, 19-26 and on the season. They have lost four games in a row. They were just swept by the Yankees. So the Mariners will try and keep their role going and try and keep uh, taking it to the Oakland A's. Houston has also lost four in a row, by the way. Texas has won three in a row, so a quick glimpse at the division. Well, it wasn't all fantastic news over the weekend, though, as Cattell Marte was injured in the Saturday game, a slide to second base. He has gone on the DL. Here's what Scott Service had to say about Marte. Yeah, he sprained his thumb you know, sliding in. Uh, you know, it was a bang-bang play at second on a stolen base attempt and, and, and sprained his thumb. It's an injury, something similar to what he did last year when he was yeah. playing in the minor leagues. It's not as bad, uh, but we got a little swelling in there. And anytime you have an injury on your hands like that, with, you know, when you start putting a bat in it, it gets a little a little touchy. So uh, I think it's, it's uh, you know, best to stay, you know, conservative on this one, put him on the DL, make sure he can get healthy and uh, get him back in there. We're going to miss him, no doubt. He's played great for us. He's uh, been a nice surprise early in the season. And uh, I think, you know, going forward, he's going to be a big part of what we do. But for right now, we, we call, up, call up Chris Taylor. Uh, he and, and Sean O'Malley will kind of, you know, work back and forth on the shortstop duties. And, uh, you know, looking forward to seeing those guys play. Uh, you know, one of the things you plan for when you go setting up your team in the offseason, if injuries happen. And I do think we have capable guys of stepping in and, and helping us out there. So a tough loss for the M's, but hopefully it'll be just a minimum stay on the DL. Marte has been such a big part of what the Mariners have done so far this season. A couple of other quick notes to get to you before we move along to week that was and Brian Price and everything else we're going to do on this podcast. Mariners bullpen in the sweep of the Reds, and it was in complete contrast to the Reds bullpen, again, worst ERA in the in, in the big leagues and historically one of the worst bullpen ERAs. They were shuffling guys in and out throughout the series, DFAs, call-ups, send-downs, the whole thing. Mariners bullpen in the series, nine innings, two hits, no runs, no walks, eight strikeouts, performed beautifully in the three-game series and really helped get the sweep. That was nicely done. Also, best records in history. One team against another. The A's, 11-1 and one against the Pirates. That's the best winning percentage for one team against another. The Red Sox against the Reds, 9-1. and one. The Angels against the Phillies, 9-1. and one. And the Mariners against the Reds, now 13-2 and two all time. They have, for some reason, just had a mastery over the Cincinnati Reds when they've played each other. So the Mariners sweep the Reds. So we hope to see you tonight at the ballpark against the Oakland A's. But right now, we'll give it off to Rick Griffin. It's time for Bullpen Banter. Hello, everyone. It's Bullpen Banter time. Coming with you today in Cincinnati, Ohio, where our special guest is Chris Iannetta. After playing for the Angels for the last several years and now coming over here and being with the Mariners, what is their biggest surprise you've had so far? Pretty much how many hats Rick Griffin wears. I mean, he's, he's doing radio interviews, he's a trainer, he's the hitting coach, pitching coach. I mean, wow, I should ask for a raise. <laughs> you, you should. I mean, you're doing way too many things. Not get compensated. 
But seriously, what's what's the thing that you've kind of noticed coming over here that you that surprised you the most? Um, just how tight knit the group the guys are. There's been a lot of really good guys and a really good team. From the other side, you really don't get to experience that. But once you get in a clubhouse and you're in that atmosphere, you really get to see how close the guys are and how much they pull for each other. Yeah, they, this is a really close group. And that's I think one of the reasons we're doing so well. Now you went to the University of North Carolina, and one of your teammates, Mr. Seeger, yeah. went to the University of North Carolina. If your team played his team, who would win? I think his team would win, to be all, in all honesty. Um, we were the uh, we're kind of the stepping stone to the next level, and, and his group really took it took it to the next step and made it to Omaha and played really well and contended for a national championship. My team kind of got let the ball get the ball rolling in that direction. Now, did you ever see him at University of North Carolina? Was were you uh, upperclassman when he was a freshman? No, he's a lot younger than me, unfortunately. <laughs> oh, I, like I just wondered if you had any good stories when he was a youngster for us. But I wish okay. I did. You have an interest that I also have. You enjoy wine. I do. Uh, tell us a little bit about your, your wine hobby. Yeah, Vernon and I, Vernon Wells and I were sitting around in the clubhouse, and we're like, you know, it'd be really cool to try try to start something in Napa and really get something going. It'd be a way to, you know, continue a friendship after baseball, have a, have a joint venture, and, you know, kicked around the ideas. We... We got in contact with some of our mutual uh, mutual contacts, and we knew some people in Napa, and they were willing to help us out, and we started our label. Right now it's a virtual business. Um, Vernon just bought a vineyard in Napa, which is supposed to be really nice, so we'll uh, rent some space out of there. We'll have a, have a full-blown operation here in the next coming years. So right now it's a hobby. Hopefully it turns into a business pretty soon. And, and what's the name of your label? Uh, label's called Jack. It's after our kids' initials. It's Jace, uh, Ashlyn, Christian, and Kylie. We kind of took the initials and figured out what it spelt, and sure enough, it spelled Jack. It's a good whiskey. It's a good wine. Yeah, and uh, we've been lucky enough to have some on the plane on our flights, and uh, it is very, very good. So hopefully that works out really good for you, and looking forward to have you getting that out on the market. Now, here's a question I'd like to ask everybody. Uh, if you were a superhero, what would your power be? Be really good at baseball. <laughs> I'd sleep a lot better at night. It'd be a lot less stressful. Um, it'd be fun to be Mike, Mike Trout for a day. It really would. Um, but no, I think it'd be to be really good at baseball. That, that, that's a good power for sure. <laughs> Haven't been around Seattle a bit now. Have you got a, a favorite thing you like to do? Favorite restaurant you like to go? Yeah, my favorite spot, and it was my favorite spot when I visited Seattle was a Japanese sushi place downtown. Um, it's one of my favorite ones in the country. I just like the, the way they do. It's very unique. They have an infusion style. A lot of jalapenos. I like hot food, so that was good. You're, do you fancy yourself being a little bit of a foodie? Um, I like to eat. If that classifies as a foodie, <laughs> then yes. I love food and I love to eat. So uh, yeah, There's a lot of great restaurants in Seattle, and we're lucky when we go on the road we get to go see a, a lot of really nice places. So catching Felix Hernandez, I remember you caught a spring training game, and I, I came up to you and told you what a great job is because I've had all these catchers over the years that have caught Felix and I know it's a really really hard task to catch him because he throws so many balls down in the dirt and you have an amazing ability to block him so how, how's that going for you as far as uh, working with Felix and, and catching all of the balls in the dirt? It's been fun it's a lot easier to catch him than it is to hit off him which I'm thankful for I don't have to do that anymore and hopefully that lasts for a long time um, it's been a lot of fun. He's in control. You know, he's a king. He's on the mound. I mean, the fans feel it. The presence that he brings, the competitiveness that he brings to the mound, it's, it's, it's awesome to be a part of. And just being able to sit that close and, and share in that, it, it's fun. It raises your game, too. All right. Well, thank you very much uh, for being my guest on the show today. And uh, can't go without mentioning Charlie Furbush. 
uh, get better, Charlie. We're pulling for you, and uh, we'll talk to you all soon. And now Eric Goldsmith, he caught up with Brian Price, manager of the Cincinnati Reds, who shares some very fond memories of his time with the Mariners. Brian, it's great to see you on what is looking to be a very rainy day here in Cincinnati. Mariners fans remember you, your years back in Seattle as the Mariners pitching coach. You were there for uh, the really historic 2001 season. When you think back of your time in Seattle, what, what comes to mind first and foremost? Well, I'll tell you, it was the association with uh, great players. And I was fortunate because I had been in the system for 12 years um, leading up to, to being appointed as the pitching coach. So I had been a player in the minor league system. I had gone through um, 11 seasons as a minor league coach and then got the opportunity to join Lou's staff in 2000. So I, I was really fortunate in large part because also Pat Gillett came in at the same time and he went out and got Arthur Rhodes and Kaz Sasaki and Aaron Seeley and pulled off the Griffey trade, which, which was tough to lose Griffey, but got us Mike Cameron and, and, and some other, uh, other players. And I, I got there at just the perfect time <laughs> to, to be there for a wild card uh, berth in 2000 and of course the 116 win season in 2001. Your final year with the Mariners was Felix Hernandez's first season with the Mariners in 2005. What do you remember about a, a young 19-year-old Felix before he was known as King Felix? Well, you know, we had a pretty I had a pretty good understanding of what he was all about. We kept asking to bring him to <laughs> to big league camp for two years prior, you know, because he I saw him his first day he signed and he came out and played catch and threw through in the outfield and at Safeco. Uh, and so I was very aware of this kid, and we always watched his numbers and saw what he was doing. But I think the Mariners took the safe route for sure and still got him up to the big leagues at 19 in August in Detroit, and he was just an absolute stud. And I said it earlier today to some of the riders. I mean, this is a kid on a, that 20 to 80 scale that had 380 pitches, and that's how we evaluate here. As good as you can throw a fastball, a curveball, and changeup, he added at 19. I mean, it, it, I can tell you this: I did. I, I played no role in his development. <laughs> I mean, he was already a stud. Well, Brian, let's go back in the time machine a little bit to the mid 80s, to Midland, Texas, 1985 and 1986. You were a star pitcher, I'm sure, for the Midland Angels. Former Mariner Mark McLemore was on that team as well. You were managed by Joe Madden. I can't imagine that Joe was much more than just a couple of years older than you were at the time. What do you remember about being managed by Joe Madden in Midland, Texas? Yeah, you know, we actually had taken in 85, we had had a really good team in the, in the 84 in the California League, and a bunch of us got moved up to AA, including, you know, Mark McLemore and Devon White and some really nice players. And we kind of assumed that we just would go in there and roll the Texas League, and we didn't because all of us were the young guys, and some of these veteran teams kind of rolled through us. But Joe, yeah, Joe was my manager in '85 and '86 in the Texas League. You know, just very. You know, I don't know what he's like so much in Chicago because I haven't worked with him. I certainly see him a lot on TV and stuff. But he had a very good rapport with the players. Very approachable. Extremely positive. Uh, gave everybody an opportunity to go out there and show what they could do um, and, and a lot of fun to play for. But ha he had a gum phobia. He didn't like when guys would chew their gum and throw it out on the, in the dugout and, and he'd step on it with his <laughs> coach's shoes. So I know that we had a team rule that you got to spit your gum into one of those little paper cups and throw it in the garbage because he was, he'd get awful pissed off if that, <laughs> that didn't go that way. Hey, well, a couple of years later, you ended up joining the Mariners organization. You played double-A ball for the Mariners in Vermont with Ken Griffey Jr., Jr. was 18 years old. It was his second pro season. What did you see from an 18-year-old Ken Griffey Jr. in all places in Vermont? Well, 
I saw that he was better than the rest of us on the team by a pretty wide margin. You know, we had we actually had Omar Vizquel on that team as well, and some other guys that got to the big leagues and had nice and had nice careers. Um, but he was, you know, he's a standout. I mean, it, you know, when a player of that caliber, even at 18, was so far from an athletic standpoint, so far beyond not just our our players, but everyone else in the league, and that was obvious. And was very much the same, I think, as an 18-year-old as he was as a 38-year-old. Uh, playing the game with just a, just he had a lot of fun just enjoyed playing baseball and was kind of a goofy kid and just going out there and 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 just had the the talent that you just show up and, and swing the bat and 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 drive the ball someplace or run a ball down in center or throw a beautiful throw from from center field to third base to throw somebody out it just seemed to come very easy to him I'm sure it wasn't but it sure looked that way Brian it's great to catch up with you a little bit you've been very gracious with your time uh, Rick and Kevin from upstairs they say hello Rick and Kevin, holy cow. Well, oh, there's some memories right there from Team LeSabre. So anyway, that's an inside <laughs> joke. Uh, send them my best. I, I miss those guys. They're terrific. And now it's going to be time for Week That Was. And again, listen for the Gutierrez home run and his explanation after the fact, which is great. And if you want to see the spot where he hit the home run, you can go to Instagram where I went out to left center field and took a picture from where the home run landed and it is very, very far away. Very, very far away. So you can check that out as well, uh, Gary Hill Jr. on Instagram. But here it is, the week that was. This is the week that was. A look back on highlights and events of the Mariners' past week. On Mariners Magazine. The 0-2 to Kyle. Swing and a well-hit ball. Deep to right center field. Going and going. Goodbye baseball. Into the bleachers, right center, Kyle Seeger with his eighth home run of the year. A three-run drive, five runs are in here in the bottom of the fifth. The pitch to Nelly, off-speed pitch, hammered, left field, deep, and it is gone. Boom, stick baby, another home run for Nelson Cruz. And the Mariners now have a 10-0 lead. Again, the 1-2 to Caleb Joseph. Swing and a miss, strike three. And this ballgame is over. The Mariners shut out the Orioles here in Baltimore tonight. A final score of 10-0. Steve Johnson getting the final three outs of this one with his dad up here in the booth next to us. I mean, he just gets nothing but praise from the coaches and they say they like him and it's like I mean just really didn't have that uh, with the Orioles for whatever reason and he just feels so comfortable and, and wanted and and and, and kind of loved here so I just want him to do so well because uh, it's an opportunity they don't come around too soon so it's a little nerve-wracking sitting yeah. over there watching because I you know he's got better stuff than I had so I can't help him <laughs> do it anyway but I'd rather be out there than, than watching him Wilson deals to Lynn pitch swing on and driven to left field that'll be plenty deep it's got some carry on the track looking out It's gone! A three-run homer for Adam Lynn! Adam, baby! Adam Lynn with a three-run jack, and the Mariners have a 5-1 lead. The pitch on the way, swing and a well-hit ball deep to right field. Ryan Flaherty to the 1A track, to the wall, and this one is gone. Goodbye, baseball. Ricochets into the front row and farther back into the bleachers. Leonis Martin with a two-out, two-run home run here in the top of the ninth inning. The 2-1 pitch. Swing and a ground ball way out to Cano in shallow right field. Gobbles it up. The throw to first. In time to get Alvarez, and this ball game is over. The Mariners win it 7-2 over the Orioles this afternoon here in Baltimore. They win the series. 
two games to one, and that's what the Mariners have been doing. They have won eight of their last ten series. I feel like we did a good job. Our offense came up clutch. Adam Lynn with the three-run home run. Really kind of gave us some breathing room there in the, uh, the sixth inning. So, you know, and our bullpen came down and shut it down. So that's just a quality team win right there. Cincinnati, Ohio. Cincinnati, Ohio. Cincinnati. Swinging a shot into right field. It drops in there for a base hit. Marte scores. Seth Smith getting waved in. Smith scores standing. First to third. Cano stands up now 90 feet from home. On the second pitch of the at-bat, Dayholdi off the bench. Drops one into right field. And the Mariners have taken a 5-3 lead. They've scored four runs in the top of the seventh inning. 0-1 pitch. Swung on. Well hit ball deep to left field. Holy smokes. Goodbye baseball. Upper deck straight away left field. Nelson Cruz with his ninth home run of the season in the rain here in Cincinnati. What a shot by Cruz, and the Mariners now lead the Reds by a score of 7-3. The 1-1, swing and a fly ball down the right field side on the run. Sean O'Malley is there, reaches down, and he makes the catch, and the ball game is over. The Mariners win it tonight here in Cincinnati, 8-3 over the Reds to take game one of this three-game series. The Mariners now 3 and one on the road trip is the stretch and the 2-0 pitch. Swing and a well-hit ball deep to left field. Going and going and this one is upper deck way out of here. Goodbye baseball. Holy smokes about 15 rows into the upper deck in left field here at Great American Ballpark. Franklin Gutierrez with a moonshot, a three-run home run. And the Mariners now lead the Reds 4 to nothing. Goody's second home run of the year. Only two times in my career I've been hitting the ball like that, that when you don't feel anything on the bat, you know. So it, today was, you know, I think that's the, the, the longest homer that I ever hit in my career. So it's, it's amazing. And the one nothing pitch, here she comes. Breaking ball, swing and a fly ball, deep left center field. Gutierrez on the run, reaches out, and he makes the catch by the one track. Then that is the ball game. The Mariners shut out the Cincinnati Reds this afternoon. They win it 4 to nothing.